Jesus' name. And everybody said, one more time, a little bit louder, say amen. 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 We've been talking about this belongs to me. This belongs to me. You know, I always like to try to tie in uh, our sermons, um, my sermons with analogies and stories and things like that. And I was thinking about this this morning. You know, my kids do this all the time. They, They take claim to the stuff that's theirs. You know, real quick, this belongs to me, you know, um, and uh, my, uh, my dad came into town uh, Friday and brought my grandmother. And y'all, many of you have heard me tell the story about um, I live with my grandmother right after college. She was such a blessing to me. I, I definitely don't spend enough time with her as I should. Um, uh, being the lifestyle that I live, it's it just I, I, I have a lot going on, but I've, I've tried and, and continue to try to, to see her. Well, thank God my dad brought her um, to me, uh, to us. And so uh, we took Kaylee out of school and let everybody spend some time with grandma. And uh, it was fun. But my dad um, blessed, blessed the kids a little bit. Well, it was great today. We got to um, take that money, we went and, and, and broke it up, and they got to tithe on how God blessed them. And I got to explain to them. I sat down with them this morning and said, you're going to put this in the offering because God blessed you. Because God blessed you. Well, then Kaylee, who's the oldest, she started going in. Well, this is mine and this is, you know, I had to correct her. No, everybody got the same. Papa, that's what we call it. Papa gave everybody the same. God used Papa to bless you. And so we're all going to give the same. And she got confused again. No, no, no. This is mine and this is mine. This is what, you know, we, we like to do that with a lot of worldly things. We like to say, this is mine and this is my territory. And, and I stake my claim here. You know, America was built that way. People went, um, started on one side of the continent, went to the other side and staked their claim. This belongs to me. This belongs to me. And then, and then we sell property. When you sell property, you have to sit with a lawyer for an hour to sign all kinds of documents, sign all kinds of paperwork, and you, you just have to sign paperwork that says you read the previous paperwork and then sign another piece of paperwork that says, I, I heard and read and agreed to all the previous paperwork I just signed. All of that says, that house belongs to me. And that's the reason that we, we, we do all of that, to stake claim what is ours. And as I told you last week, the Bible is like a will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a declaration of what belongs to you. Just like you would get a will and testament if a loved one of yours passed away and they gave you things in their last will and testament. Jesus Christ died, but he rose again and he put in his word things that belong to you. Say amen things that belong to you, blessings that belong to you, provision that belongs to you, healing that belongs to you. And so we've we've talked about several things, but I'm going to go a slightly different direction today to make sure that we understand something that actually ties into what's going around the, the world today with Russia and Ukraine and everything, because I think it's important that we know what belongs to us from God's word. I was listening to Pastor Steve this morning, um, as I was getting ready, I was changing clothes before the service, um, and, and they have a nine o'clock service. So I was listening to him, and he made a good point. He was talking about the uh, photos on your phone. Who has photos on your phone? I thought this was really funny and a really good analogy, because we all do that. Well, um, how many of you wake up and actually go through and look at all those photos? How many of you have ever gone back and looked at all those photos? All right, I mean, but, but all of them, I see some of you raising your hands, but be honest, you look at all, well, maybe you don't have as many as I have. I have like 23,000 photos on my phone. So, I mean, that's not a joke. I, I think it's really, I, I'm, I'm a photography guy, so I like photos. But man, I've never gone back and looked at more than like maybe, you know, 
15 or 20 at a time. You know, you might go back and try to see what did we do uh, two or three years ago. But man, to go back and look at all those photos. But ask me if I want to delete them. Nope. Nope, I don't want to delete them. I don't, as a matter of fact, I'll pay for cloud service to keep all those photos and not lose them because they belong to me. They belong to me. They're, they're, they're my photos. But here's what's really, really captivating what Pastor T's point was. You know, those photos aren't going to go with me to heaven. I mean, the, you know, I, I do believe we'll recognize each other in heaven. There'll be a familiarity. But, but the, the phone, my iPhone's not going to heaven with me. All those photos, the, the cloud service is not going to heaven with me. What's, what's eternal is, is we have to understand what's eternal and focus on what's eternal, what lasts forever. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I, he provided not just salvation. A lot of times Christians just stop there. But if you read his last will and testament, if you read the Bible, you'll see and discover all these things that belong to you. Here's a couple just to briefly recap. You can go out on our podcast and, uh, and get the previous sermons. Um, will you also do Wednesday night? I've had several requests for Wednesday night. It's on our YouTube. Um, okay. Um, just a side point. If, you, if you're not on our podcast, go on the podcast and by like Tuesday, you should be able to listen to last Wednesday night sermon. It was uh, it administered to me. I preached and, and, and just the spirit of God just dealt with me that night. And it was really, really good. Um, but you can also go back and hear this belongs to me, part one, and this belongs to me, part two. We talked about these things that belong to us, healing, victory, blessing. We talked about the blessings of Abraham. We talked about redemption. We talked about these things that belong to us. In 1 Peter 2, 24, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, uh, it says this, who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. righteousness. Might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Everybody say past tense. past tense. You don't have to be an English major to understand that that is past tense. You were healed. At the time that Jesus died on the cross, he provided and bore your sins, bore your sicknesses, bore, your, bore all of your iniquities on the cross by Whose stripes, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Healing was provided for you at that moment. Just like you have, uh, if you went and bought uh, uh, something from the store and you had to um, buy it in advance. And you had to buy it and you get, uh, hey, it's not ready yet. We're going to ship it to you. Has anyone done that? It's really popular because there's supply chain shortages. So right now what they'll do is they'll let you order things in the store and they'll ship it to you either for, for free or or maybe they'll ship to the store for free or things like that. Why do they do that? Because they want you to, to have it. What's your verification that you bought it? You get a receipt. Several of you said it. You get a receipt. You get something. Everybody wants to make sure. Um, do I get you? Are you going to e- email that to me? Are you going to send it to me? I'm sorry. Just, I just want to make sure. Can you verify? Can you print that out? Can I get two copies of that, please? Because you want to make sure that when you come back to pick up your product, whatever it is, especially if it's expensive, you want to know, man, I'm going to be able to take my receipt and say, no, that's, do you get it? That's mine. That's mine. I always like it when the people get real confused too, and they're like looking all around and you can see it. You're like, it's, it's right there, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's right. It's right there. I can see it. That's mine right there. Mm-hmm. 
And they're looking all around. They're scanning every box. I hear you laughing. You know what I'm talking about. And, they, and you're like, no, it's, it's, it's right there. It's right. And finally, they look at the box you're pointing to and they say, oh, yeah, here it is. It says Clark on it. Okay, thank you so much. Can I have my product now that I've stood here for 13 minutes waiting on you to scan every box? It belongs to me. And there's things that Jesus provided that belong to us. I want to talk to you today about not just, let me, let me, let me set this up. Because in 1 Peter 2, 24, was it say that he died on a tree? And we read last week in Galatians chapter 3, was it say, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessings of Abraham may come upon you. Everybody say, come upon me. What did I read in the offering today? Deuteronomy 28, was it say the blessings will come upon you and overtake, and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord? That wasn't just for them to obey the voice of the Lord. It was also written to you to obey the voice of the Lord. It was written to me. When we obey the voice of the Lord, the same blessings of Abraham for them apply to you and I. But all of this sits on and, and is based on an understanding that we must have. And I want to tell you what that is today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. And we can put that up and then just kind of sit here for a minute as I unpack this. For he made him who, know, who knew no sin, it's kind of a tongue twister, but Jesus knew no sin. He made him to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Or this translation says, in him. But you hear that quoted a lot. Oh, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, that's who you are. you got to know who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Yet I think there's a lot of believers, a lot of Christians that do not understand what it means to be the righteousness of God in Christ. They don't understand what it means. Jamal, will you do me a favor? Will you grab these two chairs and bring them up here? We're going to put one down here on the floor and one right here on the stage. I already kind of pulled them separately. They're sitting right there. When you, when you go through your life, you need to understand you are the righteousness. Say it one more time. We would say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Perfect. We'll put this one right here and then put that one right down the floor, right, right beneath it. There you go. That's right. Just say it like that. There you go. I should have prepped you on this. Perfect. That's great. Now, what does that mean? And why is it important that I understand or that I walk in the righteousness of God in Christ? When, when God made you righteous, you have to understand, number one, you're not righteous. It's not because of your righteousness. That, that God, look, look at this, he made him. Who's the first he? God. Made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, he was sinless, he was perfect, to be sin for who? For me. Point to yourself and say, for me. That we might become, that we might become, you have to step in and walk in the righteousness. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you do, he makes you, the Bible says he makes all things new. He makes all things new. I want you to listen to me online. Maybe put that in the comments. He makes all things new. He makes all things new. You have to listen. You are not who you were. You, you are. I know. I know you look the same. I know you smell the same. Unless you change your perfume or your cologne the same day you got saved. You smell the same. You look the same. 
Everything about you is the same, except for now there's something on the inside that's different. And there's a provision of righteousness that God provided for you through his son. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is not something that you just um, uh, happenstance, you know, oh, just on some days I'm righteous. On Tuesday or Wednesday when I go to church or Sunday, no, we go to church to be fed. We go to church to fellowship. We go to church because iron sharpens iron. We go to church to be a blessing to others because I think that the local church is the greatest hope for humanity to provide a place for people to come, get saved, get discipled. We go so that we can be discipled. We go to fulfill the great commission to make others, to help disciple others, to help teach others. That's why we go to church. But going to church doesn't make you righteous. Do you understand? Why is it so important that we understand righteousness? Because what tends to happen is that, and I, and I hear this, and I, I, it hurts me because people will say, oh, well, I just feel like I can't come to Jesus. I, I feel like, I don't feel like I deserve. Listen to me, if you're watching online today, and that's been you, you feel like, oh, you, oh I don't deserve the blessings that pastor's talking about. That's a lie from the pits of hell. I mean, in the natural, sure, you don't deserve it. Based on your works and your efforts, sure, you don't deserve it. But God sent his son to die for you, to make, Galatians 3 says, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham may come upon you. This verse says that you may become the righteousness of God in Christ. If you want to know what belongs to you, righteousness belongs to you. Righteousness belongs to you. A right standing with God. That's another way we can word this. Well, what is righteousness? What do we break it down? Righteousness means it's a right standing with God. You know, we we have to realize and recognize the God that we serve, the Jesus that we serve, because let me ask you this. Is Jesus still on the cross? No. You know, I, I, I don't, when I envision Jesus, and I hope for all of you today, when you see Jesus, when you see the God you serve, I don't want you to picture, uh, uh, you know, I mean, imagine if all you saw, the only pictures you saw of Jesus were him, you know, all defeated and, 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 and down and, and, and scarred up and bleeding. And, no, that, that's what he did so that three on the third day he can rise from the grave. So let me ask you again, is Jesus still on the cross? No. Where is he? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated up in heaven. He's seated far above, far above everything that's on this earth. The Bible says far above every name that's been named, far above every spirit and principality. He's seated far above, and he's caused us to sit far above with him. And where the head of the church is, the body goes with him. So don't see your Jesus as as a downtrodden, defeated. No, he's not defeated. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he went to death. He went down to, to uh, to the pits of hell and defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Just like you have keys to your car, I don't have your keys to your car. No, because they're your, it's your car. You own it. You have it. God sent his son to take the, and defeat the devil. 
The devil's under his feet. He's under your feet. So stop seeing Jesus as just on the, no. Of course, we're thankful for the cross. Of course, we're thankful that he hung on a tree, but that's not where Jesus ended up. That's not where he stayed. That's not where he is today. He's seated in heaven. He's alive, baby. He's alive. Put it in the comments. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. So you, you become the righteousness of God. When and I, I took this quote from Brother Hagin. We are not righteous in ourselves, but Christ has become our righteousness. And as long as we are in Christ, God sees us as righteous. So God sees you as righteous as long as you walk in Christ. Here's what happens. Um, let, let, me, let me have somebody else uh, come help me. Brother Durrell, come, come here real quick. And, and you, can, you can help me out. Come, come stand up here on the stage for just a moment. And uh, in this instance, um, we're going to use Brother Durrell as, as God. All right, so he's going to play the part of God. He's <laughs> All right, you can take the verse down for just a second. All right, so he, he's going to be God. Now, this is what happened. God created man and woman for a fellowship with God. Like there, there was no, there was no disparity. There was no issue. It was God. And I mean, you, you never see, um, like in the, in the book of Genesis, you know, Adam, you know, trying to figure out how to talk to God or trying to wonder how to have communion with God. Or, I mean, he was like a, a, a had to have a megaphone or some special lot. No, they were, it was constant communion with the heavenly father until sin entered. When sin entered, it caused a, a disparity, a, a, a separation, and so man was moved to this point. Th th that's what happened, not, not because, not because uh, uh, God loved us any less, but because God instructed man not to do something man did. When he did, sin entered the world, and it was sin that created the separation. God didn't move. God didn't change. Sin separated man. Do you hear me? But I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you. Uh, uh, listen to me. Therefore, this is Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Therefore, I also, let me skip down because I don't have time to read all of it. Ephesians 1, 19. Paul's praying here. He says, he's asking that the church at Ephesus know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20, Ephesians 1, 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Do you see that this morning? Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Say this, say, Jesus is my head. Jesus is the head of the church. We are his body. I'm connected to the head. When I'm in him and he's in me, I reap the benefits that Jesus provided. Now look at Ephesians 2, and I'm going to start in verse 4. This is the next chapter. This letter was written all in succession. It was written all together. Right after he says all of that, he says where Jesus is, where Jesus is seated, where Jesus, how far above Jesus is over everything. He's far above Ukraine, far above Russia, far above war, far above, far above. 
Listen to this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that Paul just talked about in chapter one, with which he loved us, verse five, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive. Notice he, he's still the one making. He made Jesus to sit far above, and now he made us alive. Everybody point to yourself and say, I'm alive. alive. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, and he raised us up. He raised us up together and made us sit together. Everybody, everybody, if you have a paper Bible, I encourage you to circle, underline, underscore that word sit. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding, exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He goes on to say that the works can't provide it because you can't boast. God doesn't want you to boast and say you did anything. He did it all. And he gets all the glory. That's why he inhabits the praises of his people, Darrell. Because when you praise him and you give him glory, that's where he lives. That's what he created us to do. That's what he created man to do is to have fellowship with him, to have communion with him, to have praise with him. And when you sin, sin creates this disparity. But because of what Jesus did, because of the righteousness that God sees you through, it puts us back. It puts us back, and notice what it says there. Notice the word that he used, and he will sit us. In heavenly places. Now, now a lot, see, this is where we want to sit. But, but when I sit here, when I take my rightful seat, and, and I sit where I'm supposed to sit with my heavenly father. See, you get to choose your seat. Well, this one time, stay up here for just a second. This one time I went on a, a trip, a missions trip. And we were going with, um, uh, many of y'all have heard and seen and, and, and connected with us, um, uh, our location in Georgetown, Pastor Justin. We grew up together. We've been friends for a long, long time. And several of us were going on this mission trip. We go on the mission trip, and we're in line at the airline. Well, we all bought economy tickets, just a regular, normal seat. The, the plane, I don't, know how, I don't know how full it was or what the deal was, but um, I kind of was out to lunch at this point. I was just along for the ride. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, and when I say out to lunch, I mean I wasn't literally eating. I just mean I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, because uh, Brother Justin, he's just on top of stuff. He's just on top of stuff. He's just always, he's always in the details, paying attention. I mean, he's on top of stuff. And uh, I've, I've grown in that area, but this was not me at that time. I was younger. And so I'm not really paying attention. And all of a sudden I hear him and uh, the, older, the oldest guy who was going on the trip with us. Um, they're up at the counter. And I start hearing terms being thrown out like upgrade, first class. Well, then I kind of, I walk up. I'm like, up at, I'm trying to get up. I'm, now I'm nosing in like, uh-huh. first class, I heard somebody say, uh-huh. And I'm trying to get in there. Well, I was too late to get the upgrade. But they got upgraded to first class. They got upgraded to special seating. They got upgraded to sit uh, in reclining. I mean, spa- and this was an overseas, I'm pretty sure this was the trip where we went to the Philippines, which I don't remember how long it was, but I remember getting off in Japan. We landed in Tokyo 
And I felt like, like, I, like I've never in my life, I got up and I was like walking like this still. You know what I mean? Like I had, like it took like several minutes to just get my, you know, get everything back in working order. They didn't get out the plane and they got out refreshed, walking up. Well, halfway through the flight, I tried to go up to see them. You know what happened? Sir, you have to have a uh, first class ticket. I said, no, I'm just going up there to talk to my friend. Now they ended up, of course, letting me go and talk to him for a second or whatever. Uh, when I got up there, I, got, I realized, man, they got benefits. They got special food that we didn't get. I got peanuts and like a, you know, a couple things of crackers. They got a meal. They paid the same price I paid, but they chose to sit, were given the option, and then chose to sit in first class. Say this out loud and put it in the comments. Take your seat. Say it again. Say, take your seat. You have to, God has given you a seat far above, far above every sickness, far above every sin, far above every turmoil, far above all the, all the tumultuous things that are going on in this world. He's called you and made a place for you to sit far above in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He's made you to sit there. He created us for that type of communion with God. He created us for that type of relationship with him. And when you sit in that place, you put yourself in your rightful place. You, you, have, you have to clothe yourself. You have to say, God provides the righteousness. Let me, let me, let me clarify. But you accept it. You, you wear it. And you choose whether you want to sit down here or whether you want to sit up here. It's up to us. The Bible tells us some really, 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 really important things. Number one, we draw close to God and he draws close to us. Draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. It says here, by grace you are saved through faith. There's nothing, no works that you can do. I'm not talking about your works. I'm not talking about, oh, well, I have to do more and I have to, no, I have to give more. No, all of that provides blessings here on earth. All of that is scriptural. All of that is something we should do. I'm in agreement. But I'm talking about for me to walk in the blessings that God's provided for me, all I have to do is be in him. If I'm in him and his words in me, I'll ask whatever I want and it'll be done. Well, why is that? Because then... I realize that I'm seated. I'm going to pull the chair forward a little bit so they can see me. I'm seated where I'm rightfully supposed to sit. And I can come boldly. See, when you, when you feel like you're not righteous enough, when you feel, feel like you're not good enough, when the devil's lied to you and said, no, you're not worthy to pray that prayer. He's causing you, the devil will cause you to sit down here. Do you see it? He's, he's the accuser of the brethren. That's what the Bible says. He's the accuser. He's the one that says, no, you're not good enough. No. Uh, see, I, I remember when you did such and such. And he'll, he'll bring that stuff to your remembrance. I remember when you... He'll have you living in, in your past faster than you can blink. God says that he'll wash your sins 
as far as the east is from the west. I, I want you to try to wrap your head around putting the east and west in the same place. It's impossible. The east will always be the exact opposite from the west. And if you were to travel over to the west, the east is always still the exact opposite. If you were to travel back to the east, the west is always still the exact opposite. Why? Because that's what God tells us. He takes your sin. He ta- he, now, you may not forget it. Your, your family may not forget it. Your, the devil may not forget it. Your friends may not forget it. Your boss may not forget it. Whatever the case may be. But God says, no, I'm not going to remember it. I'm not going to remember the things that you did that caused you because I want you to sit up here. I want you to sit with me. The reason I felt so compelled to tell you this today is because I felt like there was a little bit of a resistance as I preached these last two messages. I just, I sensed that there was like a resistance to, well, I'm not good enough for the blessings you're talking about. I hear you talking about the blessings of Abraham, pastor, but I'm just not. That doesn't apply to me because I'm not righteous enough. Y'all give it up for Darrell. Thank you, bro. I'm leaving there for a second. Thank you, though. Thank you for asking. How many of you have ever met somebody and you, and you, and you wonder, you know, like, like somebody that's really talented, like gifted, like athlete or whatever, and you think, man, how do they, whatever it is, it's whether it's musical talent or, and you think, man, how, how do they get that? And, and most of the time, the parents or somebody, they'll say something along the lines of, they were born that way. They, they, they were born that way. I mean, they came out the womb. I, I, uh, I follow a guy, and I'm not endorsing him, but I like extreme sports. I grew up riding dirt bikes, and uh, you might have heard of him. He's on uh, the new America's Got Talent Extreme right now. His name's Travis Pastrana. I started following him when I was riding dirt bikes. Um, he was, he's only like a few years old, like a year or two older than me or something like that. And, and I, I, at the time, I started riding when I was like 11 or 12 or something. And I started riding dirt bikes, and, and I wanted to do what he did. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to do what he did. I wanted, I wanted to flip like he flipped. I wanted to ride like he ride. I wanted to be as fast as he was. I wanted my bike to look like his bike. I mean, I mean that's just what I wanted. But as I began to study, and, and they had tapes on them, they had all these, uh, this was back when they still had VHS tapes. And I remember for Christmas, I would get VHS tapes. And one of them, they did this feature on Travis. And in the feature on Travis, it showed him at two years old, riding, no, no training wheels, riding a little dirt bike. Dude could barely walk. He was riding better than he was walking at two. Then they showed him at three and four. Then they showed him at five out racing grown men at five on like a 50 cc. Then they showed him at six and seven. He couldn't even like, I don't know if you've ever seen a dirt bike. His feet couldn't touch. He could barely touch the pegs, which is what you're supposed to stand on. He was barely tall enough. They had to create little blocks to put on the pegs so he could stand up on it. At, at, I don't know what age it was at this point, but he was riding bikes that were two and three sizes bigger than him. He was born that way. He was, he was born that way. When you get saved, the Bible says you're born again. And if you've ever wondered, what do I have to do to be righteous, to be right standing with God? You were born that way.
You were born that way. When you're born again, you were born that way. There's, there's nothing extra you have to do to be right. There's nothing extra you have to do to sit up here. There's nothing extra. You were born that way. Now, when you're living in sin, you're living in the world, this is where you're seated. You're seated down here. You're seated in, 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 in earthly places. You're seated in, in places that are... But, but when, when you get saved and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you make Him Lord of your life, you, you're making a decision to sit far above. Far above. And it's His righteousness that puts you in position. You, you, you can try to, to, to figure out how God can be that good and that gracious, but I'm just going to give you a hint and a little advanced technique. Just don't try. Because when you do, you'll begin feeling guilty again. You'll begin feeling like, well, man, I'll never be worthy enough. And this is not something that you can go around uh, feeling cocky. We were talking about it before that, you know, feeling like God is a, a, a what do we say, a, you know, a slot machine or a vending machine or whatever. That's not how, how God works. It's not like you can just go around. And, 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 but at the same time, my kids are a part of my family. You, 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 you try to tell them, they don't get to be a, the benef- have the benefits of being a Clark. Try to tell them. They'll correct you real fast. And Kaylee will do it with, with my, all my mannerisms. Well, let me tell you something. And she'll begin to talk with her hands. Have you ever talked to Kaylee for longer than like two minutes? I'm like, man, this is me right now. She is literally just talking like... Now, they get the benefits of being because they're part, they were born that way. They, they get to live... In my house, because they were born that way. They were born a Clark. And they'll always be a Clark. They'll always be welcome. They'll always reap the benefits of, of whatever I can give them, whatever I can do. I don't, it will never, ever hurt my feelings for them to ask me for something. And I, I, I try really hard to never say no. I'll say not right now, not today, not at this moment. I've been trying to, I, I say, uh, my new phrase is, Uno momento. Uno, uno momento. Daddy just needs just one moment. Not right now. But I try not to tell them no. Why? Because I want to give them everything I can give them. I want them, I want them to have everything they can have. I want them to have every blessing they can have. I want them to do, I want them to be smarter than me, do better than me, achieve more than I achieved, go higher than I went, go further than I went. I want them to have more of God than I've had. I, I tell them all the time, God's going to bless you so much more than he's blessed mommy and daddy. And I'm not just talking about material blessings. I know that's part of it, but I'm talking about in every way, in health, in, in, in peace of mind, in, in, in understanding. And in, in I don't want them to be fearful about anything. I don't want them to be afraid of anything. I don't want them to be worried about anything. I want them to leave their house at whatever. I mean, when they grow up, there will never be a shadow in their doubt. They're going to know my God is for me. He is not against me. My God is always on my side. He is, come on, somebody. He is always with me. They're going to know. They're going to, there's going to be no, no question. They were born that way. They were born in my house. And when they get, I, we've been working with that with Kaylee. She's five now. She's really starting to understand. We've been, I've been talking to her about salvation, talking to her about what it means. The other day she asked me some really good questions about it. And I know we're almost to that point of understanding. Man, I'm sorry. I'm about to get emotional here. That point of understanding for her to know that when she accepts Jesus, 
I believe it'll be sometime this year. She'll say it. She'll say that prayer. And God's going to move her. And I'm going to do everything that I can as her father, her earthly father, to make sure she never sits down here ever again. And I want to tell you today, don't sit down here. Don't sit down here. Take your seat. Take your seat. This belongs to you. This belongs to you. And it's not, you didn't deserve it, sure. But God gave it to you and it belongs to you. The blessings I've outlined for the last two weeks, they belong to you. The blessings of Abraham belong to you. Of course, read the Bible. There's conditions. You, You have to obey the voice of the Lord. You have to walk in it. Yes, but it still belongs to you. A lot of people, they obey the word. They'll walk in, in, in obedience to God, serve God, and, and then still not expect any type of return from it. No, it belongs to you. In God's righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ puts you in position far above. Far above. All spirits, all principalities. Every name that's been named. You can come on up, Brother Andre. Every name that's been named. Every name, every sickness, every bank, every debt collector, every name that's been named, you're seated far above. Far. Say it with me. Say, I'm far above. When I wrote these things down. When you sit where you're supposed to. Man, that's, that's, that's good right there. When, when you sit where you're supposed to be sitting. When you sit in first class. I mean, can you imagine if I'd gone on that trip to the Philippines and I had a first class ticket, but I got confused and sat in economy? No. Sit where you're supposed to. When you sit where you're supposed to, number one, You're a member of God's household. You're you're not visiting. I have visitors come over. I have have people come. They're just visiting my house. They're not members of my house. Do you understand what I'm saying? When When you sit where you're supposed to, you're a member of God's house. You get the full benefits. You reap the benefits of his kingdom. And you reap, listen, this is what I wanted to say today regarding everything that's going around in the world. You're safe in his house. Don't be alarmed. The Bible tells us in the end times, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be things happening, things falling apart. Listen, you 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 can try to dissect everything that's going on. It all ties into end time prophecy anyways. What does it all mean? Jesus is coming back. I mean, if you didn't know that, let me tell you today, for everyone in the house and everyone watching online, Jesus is coming back soon. Act accordingly. Act accordingly. Get your house in order. Get things in order. But you know what the Bible tells us? That we don't live in fear for that day. We don't live in worry for that day. We don't live in concern for that day. No, we go about our daily business knowing that at any moment he could come back. At any time, he can come back. At any day, he can come back. At any, at any moment, it could all happen. And when it does, I'm ready. I'm already seated here in the spirit. And so my earthly suit 
is going to meet up with where I'm already seated in the spirit. I don't know if that went over anybody's head, but I hope you got that. You're already seated here in the spirit. And so that's why you, you don't have to be afraid of what's happening in Ukraine. Now we need to pray for them. I heard today another thing that pastor said today on his broadcast today. I didn't realize this, but, but Ukraine's around 70% Christian. That God's really touched that nation. We need to pray for those people. We need to pray for those people. But, but, but we, there, there's not a concern, I need, a worry or a fear I need to have here because God said, I've seated you far above. This is an earthly this is an earthly thing. This is not the kingdom that you're, this is not the household you're a part of. This is not the kingdom that I've set you in. This is not where your throne is. Number two, you're no longer in the devil's realm. When you sit where you're supposed to, you're not in the devil's realm. You're not in his realm. You, you, you know, temptation isn't avoidable, but temptation isn't sin. Jesus was tempted. And he was God on earth. Think about that. But he was tempted. Temptation is not sin. I already read you the scripture. Jesus knew no sin. He lived on this earth without sin. So it doesn't, I'm not saying that you're going to be without temptation or you're going to be without, you know, any type of, 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 of the devil pushing, <coughs> excuse me, pushing against you or pushing against your life. I'm saying that you're exempt from it. Pastor preached a phenomenal sermon last week. While you're looking up stuff and listening to my previous sermons, go listen to Pastor Steve's sermon from, what was last week, February 20th? He's, he talked about how, uh, um, uh, you know, exempt, you're exempt. And it's different from immunity, but you're exempt. You're, it doesn't apply to you. What the, de- the devil's tactics don't apply to you because you're seated far above. He'll try, but you're already above it. Whenever the devil, listen, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I've, I've chosen to live my life the way God's outlined it in his word. And when the devil attacks me, that's actually how I feel now. I feel like, oh, dude, you're trying, seriously, you're trying again. It's like I'm looking down. I feel that way. I don't feel defeated like, oh, no, devil, no, no, no. And I, like, he's like, he's like bigger than me and he's coming. No, I feel like, seriously. You're going to try this again. I'll be, let me just go pray for a minute and this is going to be over. Because I'm already far, I'm already above this. I'm already over this. I'm already past this. Just shut up. Just stop. Just stop, devil. I mean, that's how, that's how I feel. That's how I feel because I've trained myself that I'm, I'm, I, I, I know God's word. I know what he's promised me. I'm far above. I'm not in his realm anymore. I'm not in his battleground. Don't let the devil take you to his arena. Bring him to the arena of faith where you can kick his behind. I mean, I mean, Jesus already kicked his behind. That's what he did. And he said, you'll do more than I did. Anyways, listen, you're, uh, when you stay seated, when you stay seated, don't let him pull you down to where he wants you to sit. That's what, look at what he did with Jesus. He, 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 he pulled him up. He set him up on top of the temple. He set him up on top of the world. He said, I'll give you all this stuff. What was he trying to do? He was trying to have Jesus sit in earthly kingdoms. And Jesus said, no, let me tell you what the word says. I'm already seated above all this. And thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And he threw word back in the devil's face. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. When you seat yourself in your rightful place, you avoid 
You'll, you'll be above the devil's realm. You'll be a member of God's house and you'll walk in the blessings that are rightfully yours. In this life and in the life to come. Some people will say, oh, well, that's just, that's just eternal blessings. If it is, then why did, why did God outline everything? That, why, then, why then did Jesus go around and heal all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil? Why? Why would he have healed them? If all God cared about was eternal salvation, then why did Jesus go around healing people? Have you ever thought about that? No, because he, he hates sickness. Like God hates sickness. He doesn't want you to be sick. There's not one thing in your life. God doesn't want you to have any sickness, pain, or disease. Zero, zilch, not a none. You can't convince me that he does. I've seen too many people healed, too many people touched, too many times that people go and they get a report of cancer. We pray, we lay hands on them, we put a prayer cloth on them, and they come back with a report. And the, and the doctor says, no, only it had to be a miracle. I believe in the name of Jesus, many of you are going to go back to your specialist, your doctor, whoever, and you're going to get a report that says, what did you do? How did this happen? And you'll be able to sit in that room and say, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask, think, or imagine. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask, think, or imagine. I'll tell you one more story. I told you during the offering about my uh, pressure washer. When I took the pressure washer back, I had to go get a cart. I loaded it up on the cart and I'm pushing the cart back into the store. And as I'm pushing it back in, I looked over and they had all the wheelbarrows outside. And the Lord reminded me of not that long ago because if you look at the wheelbarrows, there's $29 on the left, $59, and then it goes up, yeah, he's already ahead of me, into hundreds, and there's like, I don't know why you need a $200 wheelbarrow, but they've got like $180 or something like that, $150 wheelbarrow. But the bottom one is a $29 wheelbarrow. And the second one is a 50-something, I think it was 58 or something like that. I don't, y'all don't quote me on that. I'm not a Home Depot specialist. But I, he reminded me, God reminded me that it wasn't that long ago that we needed a wheelbarrow. And I remember standing at the outside of that same spot going, man, do I, do I get the $59 one or do I just get the $29? I mean, do I get, do I spend a little bit more and get a nice one that's probably going to last me a little bit longer or do I get But I made a decision that if I, if I seat myself in my rightful place and I obey the voice of the Lord and I give the way I'm supposed to give, I obey, the, what does Isaiah say? The willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. And he reminded me about last weekend, I didn't blink an eye going in there and spending $350 or it was almost 400 after taxes on a pressure washer. It was zero issue. Zero issue. I needed a pressure washer. Then he, he enlightened me on how I could save the money and take the pressure washer back. But it wasn't because I needed the money back. It was like he was reminding me as I pushed it in. This is not because you need the money back. You had the money. This is not a poor mindset. This is not a, a, a poverty mindset. 
This is because I've got all blessings in all the earth and I want you to have more than enough. I want you to have everything you can have. And I pushed right past those wheelbarrows. And I thought the next time I get a wheelbarrow, I'm gonna buy the $200 one, just cause I can. Actually, I don't know if I'll do that or not, but I could. And anytime someone's in need, I'm able to bless them. Anytime I'm able to, I mean, I, I mean, we're, 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 we're feeding hungry kids every day now. I, I'm talking about through, through uh, 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 services and, and, and ministries, global ministries. We're doing things, why? Because I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And I, I'm not seeding myself down there anymore. In any area of my life, in wealth, in prosperity, in healing, in sickness, in my mindset, in my, don't, don't ever feel like, oh, well, I'm just not good enough to get a job. Yes, yes, you are. God's got the right job for you. He's got the right place. I'm not, I'm not good enough to have a good marriage. I've made mistakes. And I've been, no, that's a lie from hell. You are, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ, if you stay in him, if you stay seated in him, your marriage will be the best marriage. Your marriage can be the, the, the talk of the town. You can have the best relationship possible. Oh, well, I'm just not good enough to have, have uh, uh, this and that and to have that type of, of life and to have that. I'm just depressed all the time. Well, then, then, then you don't understand. You are in Jesus. And in Jesus, there's a right standing in you. God's made you righteous. And it's not because of you. It's because of him. And you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be downtrodden. I, I, God will walk you from depression and anxiety into zero fear, zero worry, zero guilt. It's nothing I can do. I mean, I mean, come, I'll pray with you. I'll agree with you. But, but you've got to start with, I deserve, God's, God's caused me to deserve to live without worry anxiety or depression I just wake up every day I'm just so afraid I just don't know what will happen I don't know how I'm going to get through I don't stop it God's not caused you to sit in depression God's not caused you to sit in fear take your seat take your seat every day here's the practical part every day when you pray, I want you to change how you're praying. I want you to change. God, I just hope that one day I'll be worth it. No, he already did it. You were born that way. God, I thank you that because I'm the righteousness of God and your son, that the blessings of Abraham come upon me. I'm thankful that because I'm the righteousness of God in your son and, and insert what it is. Don't feel bad asking God for what you need in your life. If Jesus didn't want, if, if God didn't want to heal people and didn't want to touch people, then he, then Jesus would have walked around this earth and said, no, I'm sorry, son, it's not your time. He was immediate. Immediately he healed this one. Immediately he touched that one. The woman with the issue of blood, he didn't even know who touched her. He said, wait, who touched me? And they said, sir, every, master, everybody's touching you. And he said, no, no, someone touched me in faith and needed a touch from me because they knew that if I just touched the hem of his garment and by faith, he told her by, by your faith, you've been made whole. Don't be afraid to go to God and say, 
Lord, you've made me righteous. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to change my marriage, but I know that you want it for me. And it's okay for me to ask you. It's okay for me to ask God, I, I need help in my marriage. Now show me how to have the marriage you've designed for us to have. On that note, by the way, it does take two to tango. You do not have any, any, you can't force the other person. So don't feel guilty if you've done everything you can do and they don't do their part. What I'm telling you is, is that you control you, you control your outcome, you control your altitude and you control it. So you do everything you can do. If they don't do their part, that's on them. And I know that sounds kind of harsh and direct, but that's because the sermon's over and I got to wrap this thing up. But you get the point. God, I, I'm not, I, I'm not good enough for a job. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Not, not, not because of something you did, not because you came to church today, but because God loves you. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Stand up on your feet. For everybody who's in this room and everybody watching online, please don't click off yet. I want to do one thing before you sign off of this broadcast. And before we depart from this room, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To accept, to, to, to have what I'm talking about today. To have, to become the righteousness of God through Christ. It's really simple. All, you, all the Bible, the Bible tells us in Romans, to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. That's it. Believe in my heart and confess with my mouth and you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the pits of hell? Saved from sitting down here. Saved from that seat. Feeling like, oh, I can never sit here. All you have to do, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Whether you're a person who's done that before and you've gone away from the faith and you need to make things right or you're someone who's never prayed that prayer, I want to pray, I want to do that right now. I want to do that right now. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you're online, I want you to not only pray this prayer out loud, I want you to type SAVED in the comments or you can text SAVED to the same giving number, 888-635-2110. Text SAVED and it'll let us know that, and we can connect with you. So if you don't want to put it in the public chat, we're making private ways to do that. We're also about to develop, by the way, for all of our members here, we're about to develop a salvation team a team of people. I'm getting ready for Easter. We're getting ready for salvations. If this church is going to grow, it's going to grow because people get touched and our lives get changed. And we're going to have a salvation team, a team of people that will help meet with people after, pray, get to know them and disciple them. We're going to do videos, have material, get Bibles and books in their hands and start and start making a difference in people's lives when they get saved at Family Worship Center. And not just leaving them at the altar. No, we're going to disciple you. We're going to walk with you. And even if that's you online, the same thing applies to you. You're still part of the family. So, first step is say this prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe He came to this earth as a baby. He lived as a man, a sinless life, but He died on the cross for me. I believe on the third day you rose your son from the grave. I believe he's alive. He's alive today. He's seated in heaven with you. And I open up my heart and make a place for him 
I ask you to come in and live in me. I make you Lord of my life. Today is a new day. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. I serve Jesus. I'm going to take my seat far above all the things below. I thank you for it today. You've made me the righteousness of God in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Dear Heavenly Father, bless everyone today as they leave here. Watch over them, protect them, and keep them safe. In Jesus' name. Before you leave, one more thing. Next week, uh, we're doing, not only is it birthday Sunday, we're celebrating three years here, 22 years for Family Worship Center. I'm so grateful to be a part of this family of churches. Um, and we definitely would not be where we are today without them, without Pastor Steve and everything that he's put into me and uh, into this ministry. Um, next week, guys, we're going to have a phenomenal service, first of all. So it's not going to be like Soulmate Sunday where it's a different type of service. It's going to be our service. But afterwards, we're going to have free food, inflatables for the kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come next Sunday, but bring somebody with you. You know, just like Soulmate, the house was packed because you guys all invited people. You brought people and, and, and we invited people. Let's do that again this week. Get on the phone, get on text messages, get, uh, invite people from work and invite them to come to birthday Sunday, next Sunday. It's going to be great. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night.